Shakespeare is one of the world's greatest playwrights. But what is his influence on popular culture? Terence Hawkes. There's a real question about whether Shakespeare's work should be performed at all, it seems to me. The one advantage Shakespeare has over a modern dramatist is that he doesn't have an albatross called Shakespeare hanging round his neck. Russ MacDonald. You can't escape him. Uh, My nine-year-old child uh, knows much more Shakespeare from, from, from television commercials than he knows from me. Stephen Greenblatt. Beavis and Butthead could say to be and not to be and get a laugh, uh, even though the, the people wouldn't know necessarily what the context of that illusion uh, was. John Drakakis. There are many films now, for example, many television programs, which use Shakespeare in terms of particular quotations, isolate those quotations from their dramatic context. And by doing so, of course, they actually fragment and undermine that notion of an organic Shakespeare. The greatest department salesman in the world is Shakespeare, according to an ad that appeared recently in the New York uh, in the in the New Yorker. The astonishing thing is that 400 years on, we're still having a world congress, and people are producing new readings of Shakespeare's plays. Certainly in India. Uh, Shakespeare was a token of culture, a token of education, of literary power. So the purpose of interpreting and reinterpreting Shakespeare is in a sense to intervene in power structures, to make Shakespeare uh, speak to other constituencies. Plays like Hamlet, Othello and King Lear, Romeo and Juliet and so on have been rewritten many times, reworked, because Shakespeare's imagination seems so powerful that we can never, never let it, let, let it go. Some critics would say that Shakespeare has been part of popular culture for the past 400 years. But what we're witnessing now is, is different from that, surely. We're seeing something on a global scale, huge international scale. I think we are. I think that, however, that's a, that is a continuation of the popular cultural elements that have always been there in Shakespeare. I mean, you think of all the moments like, you think of the porter scene in Macbeth, uh, you think of the fool in King Lear, um, you think of uh, Stefano and Trinculo in The Tempest. Actually, what's happened is all those popular cultural elements have always been there. The only difference is that we're, we can't hear them anymore. We're so historically distant from them. However, I do think that there are popular cultural elements such as film, thinking of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which I think is getting us back to the immediacy, to the populism of Shakespeare that has actually always been there. Academics can pronounce about connecting Shakespeare to popular culture, but rather one of the happy facts is that Shakespeare exists in comic book versions uh, and in cartoon versions quite happily, thank you very much. It doesn't need need professors at universities to uh, make it happen. Well, here we are shopping with Shakespeare, and we've got all sorts of things here. Shakespeare chocolate, Shakespeare sweets, Shakespeare tea, and Shakespeare socks. Shakespeare socks. I actually uh, have uh, several pairs of these already, so... But the, uh, the tie, the Shakespeare tie, I think, is, is particularly fetching. Let's start from the presupposition that Shakespeare is, if you like, the bearer of what we might call cultural capital. He already exists... Uh, as a significant cultural figure. 
even the name. Let's leave aside the texts now, which are slightly more problematical. Now, it seems to me that the questions that we have to ask ourselves is how Shakespeare achieves that iconic status. What is involved, what is invested in that particular process? The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk slash arts.